please join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for once again for another day, another day for us to be able to learn about you, your ways and your will for us, another day that we can spend this, Lord, with you, with our loved ones, our children, our spouse. Father, we are here this evening, again, craving for you, Lord God, for your word. Please, Father, feed us with your word tonight. Guide us and teach us with, by your Holy Spirit, with your word, through your Bible. Father, use me again as your vessel, Lord God, and let you and you alone speak to your people. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, hinder us from hearing you and learning from you. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in their homes. I pray that the, that they'll be able to focus on you uh, at this moment, that you will reduce the distractions to a minimal. And Father, we are grateful once again, and please be with us and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, I forgot to mention that um, the past four weeks, uh, we're going on our fifth week, that this is the only time that you can actually really use your cell phone. Use your cell phone. Sorry. Ah, okay. Please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 23, verses 26 to 43. Jesus is nailed to a cross. Let me begin reading. As Jesus was being led away, some soldiers grabbed hold of a man from Cyrene named Simon. He was coming in from the fields. But they put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd was following Jesus. And in the crowd, a lot of women were crying and weeping for him. Jesus turned to the women and said, Women of Jerusalem, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves and for your children. Someday people will say women who never had children are really fortunate. At that time, everyone will say to the mountains, fall on us. They will say to the hills, hide us. If this can happen when the wood is green, what do you think will happen when it is dry? Verse 32. Two criminals were led out to be put to death with Jesus. When the soldiers came to the place called the skull, they nailed Jesus to a cross. They also nailed the two criminals to crosses one on each side of Jesus. Jesus said, Father, forgive these people, for they don't know what they are doing. While the crowd stood, while the crowd stood there watching Jesus, the soldiers gambler, gambled for his clothes. The leaders insulted him by saying he saved others, now he should save himself. Is he really if he if he really is God's chosen Messiah. The soldiers made fun of Jesus and brought him some wine. They said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him was a sign that said, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging there also insulted Jesus by saying, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal told the first one off, don't you fear God? Aren't you getting the same punishment as this man? We got what was coming to us, but he didn't do anything wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into power. Jesus replied, I promise that today you will be with me in paradise. I entitled our message tonight, Symbol of Love. This is, tonight we will be ending our Road to the Cross series. We'll be wrapping it up, and then um, we'll be again meeting again here virtually on Sunday for uh, the Resurrection Sunday or Easter. Today, the Christian world is observing today as, a good, as good Friday, recognizing the death of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. As a church, like I said earlier, this is our first Good Friday service. And I praise God that He has finally really impressed it in my heart and in my mind to have it and do it. It's been running here, but um, 
I never really took action, but finally today. And uh, I know we've been studying the road to the cross, and we've been, uh, our first one was the, the Garden of Gethsemane, and then we had a mini-series about uh, sin and why there's a need for the cross. So I'm, I'm hoping that you are remembering or you've remembered or God has spoken to you in one way or another. But I'm really hoping that tonight will be a different, uh, this message will, will hit you differently. I know for, for most of you who have been Christians and believers for a long time, this won't be the first Good Friday message that you'll be, uh, be hearing. But I'm hoping that um, it will impress the, the importance of it again in your hearts. So I, again, I entitled it The Sim Symbol of Love. The world abounds with symbols. Some are universal and others unique to certain cultures. And if you are investing in stocks, symbols are what the, this, uh, this particular stock is. You need to know the symbols of that particular company that you want to invest in. Symbols are profound expressions of our intellect, emotions, and spirit. A symbol can represent deep intuitive wisdom that eludes direct expression. And symbols can be found in our dreams, certainly, but also in our waking state. It is helpful to observe the symbols in our lives, in our waking day. And, and we, need to, we need to realize that symbols are all around us. And tonight I want you to think, what is the universal symbol of love? And if um, we're thinking the same thing, it's usually the heart, a big red heart. What is it? You made me louder? Okay. Is it not too loud? Is that why? For them? Okay. Maybe if I put it up here. The universal symbol of love is usually a big heart or a heart. And um, I know for some it might be a big diamond ring. But generally, it is a big heart. The symbol of love is heart. But for us Christians, if we truly know and understand what Christ has done for us, and we know the message of the cross, the symbol of love, of God's love, is the cross. I think, Janja, it's bouncing. I think it's too loud. So our, we have three points this evening. <clears throat> what is the cross is the first point. Second point is His love. That's right. Second point is His love expressed. And third is it is finished. On to our first point. What is the cross? In Rome, I have something to read here. In Rome, people condemned to crucifixion were scourged beforehand, with the exception of women. Roman senators and soldiers, unless they had deserted, read, um, they, they too get it. During scourging, a person was stripped naked, tied to a post, and then flogged across the back, buttocks and legs by Roman soldiers. This excessive whipping would weaken the victim, causing deep wounding, severe pain, and bleeding. Frequently, the victim fainted during the procedure, and sudden death was not uncommon. The authors wrote, the victim was then usually taunted, then forced to carry the patibulum, or the crossbar of a cross, tied across his shoulders to the place of execution. The cruelty did not stop there. Sometimes the Roman soldiers would hurt the victim further, cutting off a body part, such as a, the tongue, or blinding him. In, another, in other heinous turn, Josephus reported how soldiers were uh, under Antiochus uh, IV, the Hellenistic, Hellenistic Greek king of the Seleucid Empire, would have the victim strangled child hung around his neck. The next step varied with location. In Jerusalem, women would offer the condemned a pain-relieving pain drink 
usually of wine and myrrh or incense. Then the victim would be tied or nailed to the paribulum. After that, uh, the, the bar was lifted and affixed to the upright post of the cross, and the feet would be tied or nailed to it. And we know that Jesus Christ's hands and feet were nailed to the cross. When the person died, family members could collect and bury the body once they received permission from a Roman judge. Otherwise, the corpse was left on the cross where predatory animals and birds would devour it. To investigate crucifixion without actually killing anybody, German researchers tied volunteers by their wrists to a cross and then monitored their respiratory and cardiovascular activity in the 1960s. Within six minutes, the volunteers had trouble breathing. Their pulse rates had doubled. Their blood pressure had plummeted. According to the 1963 study in the Journal of Berlin Medicine, the experiment had to be stopped after 30 minutes because of wrist pain. That said, victims could have died from various causes, including multiple organ failure and respiratory failure. Retief and Siliers wrote, Given the pain and suffering entailed, it's no wonder that the crucifixion spawned the word, quote-unquote, excruciating, which means out of the cross. Um, and here we see in Luke 23, 32 to 37, we see that that's what happened to Jesus. He was stripped naked, and then he was made to carry that, that uh, the bar of the cross to the, the skull, and then he was nailed there like a criminal because it was for the worst criminal of, their, of that time. And it was so cruel that they had to stop uh, crucifixion um, at a certain time. We don't see it now. But Jesus took the punishment of a worse criminal in the most unimaginable way, in the most painful way, because of his love for the Father. In John 3.16, John, John, it's not switching. In John 3.16, which we all know, most of us, it says there, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's so easy to read. It's so easy to memorize. We hear it time and time again. We've heard it so many times that we probably, the power has been lost and we take it for granted. We probably heard preachings about it. But now, having this day as the Good Friday, if you read in between the lines here, as you think of the crucifixion that Jesus suffered, okay, have that in your mind and let me read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, what, to die on the cross, to experience the crucifixion, the worst, worst death ever, the worst punishment, torture, known to mankind because of his love for the world. If the universal symbol for love is a big red heart, communicating the person's love to their loved one, God's symbol for his love for us is the cross. I know that we're in a situation and a dilemma of this pandemic that we're in, our lives are changing in front of our eyes, and uncertainty is 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 uncertainty is 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 clouding our, our our decisions. But one thing is for sure, though, God's love doesn't change. As things continue to change with our lives and how we live our lives here and now, and we don't know well, the, what the future holds for us, we have to truly understand that. God doesn't change. His love for us never changes. And He is in control of our future. If you read John 3.16 again, 
And if and if it's a if if the universal symbol for love is the heart, we should be seeing somehow the cross as God's heart. And Jesus' heart for us, his love for us, is the cross. Now, if we have to put it together, I hope I'm making sense here. If we read John 3.16, God's heart is being revealed to us through Jesus Christ. And Jesus' love for us, or for his Father, is proven or is symbolized by the cross. To put the thought together, God's love to the world is Jesus, proven by his death on the cross. You know, we have heard of people express their um, their love for their loved ones by somehow saying, I've heard it, by saying, I would give my life to you. I would die for you. You know, we hear those love songs, right? And I remember of, of a father during the storm surge in the Philippines in 2013, the news, the local news there was sharing that there was a graphic where there was a, a, an instance where a father was holding his, his child in his arms, but the storm surge was so strong that he, he had to, uh, the, the, the water took the, the baby away from him. And it was such a heartbreak for, 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 for the parent. And there's, there's been instances where you will see dead bodies holding each other, their loved ones. A dad taking a bullet for their child. And vice versa. Love, most of the time, true love, most of the time is expressed. Expressed in a deep way where we put our life, our lives on the line for someone else. And I know we're, we're hearing um, sacrifices being done by the frontliners right now where because of them taking care of the sick ones the people that are sick with with this COVID-19 they too end up uh, losing their lives because of it's either it's either because of their love for for what they do or you know because before to be a nurse to be a doctor I say before um, people do it because they want to take care of people because they love taking care of people. I know as, as the years went by, it has changed. People want to be nurses because it's a, a, a stable income. It's a guaranteed income. It's um, job security is at best. To be a doctor uh, because your parents wanted you to be a doctor. Same with nurses, right? Um, to be a doctor so your parents can say, uh, my child is smart and I'm a very successful parent. You know, look at my son, look at my daughter. She's a doctor, or he's a doctor. The real essence of, of taking care of people, or to lo the love to take care of people has, has been, um, isn't the top priority anymore. But for most, for some maybe, they're still out there, I'm sure, is they're nurses because they love to take care of people and they want to take care of people. They're doctors because they want to help people. They want to... They care people. They love people. They want to help. And for us, Jesus, this Good Friday represents to us God's love for us and Jesus' love for His Father to the point of death on the cross. Now we will watch a video later about a doctor telling us the medical background or medical explanation of the crucifixion. Okay? Uh, please, John, John, remind me because I might get carried. Uh, okay, at, at, at closing. Okay, all right. Our second point His love expressed, God's love expressed to us. In, in the verses 39 and 43, let me read it real fast. One of the criminals hanging there insulted Jesus Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal told the first one off Don't you fear God? Aren't you getting the same punishment as this man? We got what was coming to us, but he didn't do anything wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Remember when you come into power, Jesus replied, Remember me when you come into power. Jesus replied, I promise that today you will be with me in paradise. The scriptures continuously 
you know, it has shown us that Jesus was innocent. He lived a life that we were supposed to live. He did not sin. He did not sin. He was obedient to the Father. But he was punished as if he was one of the worst criminals in his town at that time. And these criminals here, one of them was insulting Jesus. And during this time of, of, of this coronavirus, this pandemic, or, or when times are going rough, people would ask me, or people would ask themselves or, or other Christians, that is God good? I mean, if, if God is powerful, why is this happening? If God is, is good, why is this happening to the world? We are quick to blame God when things are going wrong. We are quick to point the finger at Him and, and then clench our, our fists up in heaven and say, Why are you doing this? I thought you were good. When things are going wrong with our lives, we're quick to blame Him. And then we're so quick to forget too that we actually put ourselves in that situation. Now, okay, how is that possible with this pandemic? Now, we don't know. Like I said in, in the previous messages, we don't know um, how uh, and who made this um, pandemic or this virus. There's conspiracies going around that a certain country produced it to crash other people's, uh, the other country's economy. But nevertheless, it has caused chaos. But at the same time, we know in Romans 8.28, and then we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, those who are called according to His purpose. We as Christians, we have to, tr our trust always falls on God's sovereignty. We all know, and we should remind ourselves if we're forgetting, that God is still in control. That God allowed this virus into the world. And God has a plan, a good plan for those, for us, His people, and for those who, whom He has chosen to become a part of His kingdom. And I know I, I, I quoted J.C. Ryle. That health is good, but then sickness is better if it will lead you to God. And my prayer is that, that this pandemic will lead many people to Christ. Instead of blaming God, just like the second, the second criminal here. Um, my prayer is, is many people will be like the second criminal. That instead of mocking Jesus, instead of mocking God, he was quick to realize that Jesus was innocent. He was good to admit that he was the sinner, that he was the criminal. Between the three of them, the two of them were the criminals. And here is Jesus being punished for nothing, for a criminal's death. Well, he was innocent. And this second criminal was good to recognize who God is. And I asked Jesus to not forget him. I use the, the CEV version in, in tonight's um, message, but um, the other verse says, Lord, when you go, don't forget about me. And Jesus replied, tonight, today you will be with me in paradise. My prayer is many people. My prayer for my, my, my loved ones who have not surrendered to Christ is that they will be like the second criminal, that this virus will bring them down to their knees and ask God for help. Instead of fearing for, I know there's a lot of things to fear. I was just speaking to a, a co-worker of mine this morning, and he just his, his pay was reduced by 25% um, because of, of, uh, of the shift of our business going down. And yeah, I, could, I could sense the worry in his voice. And, um, but my prayer is that we should worry about the, the, the worst thing. What's the worst thing is that if we get sick, if we get it, and then we die, we should, we should worry about that. People should, should be more worried about where they're going to go if they catch this virus and if this virus ends up taking their lives. Because for me, that's why I'm not worried about that because I know that Jesus has died on the cross, as we've read, died on the cross to pay for my sins, for my sins. Us believers who have surrendered to that truth 
and have accepted that gift of God, we don't fear that anymore and praise God for that. And because of the symbol of love for God, because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Romans 5, 6 to 10. You see, at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through, through Him, through Christ? Verse 10, for if, we, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? On Sunday, we will be celebrating the whole Christian nation in our church will be celebrating the Resurrection Sunday because as much as Jesus' death on the cross is true, it is also true that He rose from the dead three days after. But for tonight's message, because tonight is the Good Friday, we read in this, Paul reminded us in Romans of why, why a person who will surrender his life to Christ accept Him as Lord, and take the forgiveness of God because God's wrath, because of our sin, was already poured unto Jesus, and He already paid for it. We should remind ourselves of how good that is for us, but at the same time, I know we don't like to remember suffering. We don't even want to think of suffering. That's why Good Friday messages, as I was studying this, seemed so, it was heavy. And I, I planned of showing you a video of the Passion of Christ, you know. I don't know if you, for those of you who have seen it, just, I, I, I thought it was a good idea, but as I was watching it, it was, it was kind of heavy. So I thought just skip it because kids might be watching. <laughs> but it's the truth, though. Uh, I think Passion of the Christ is, is one, some, some people say it's one, one of the best depictions of what Christ went through, but it's not even still close to what He went through. Can you imagine that? He did that for us. He was crucified on the cross for your sins and mine. And what better way, what better way for us to, to, um, to see God's love? Because Without sacrifice, we don't, we don't believe, right? If a person confesses their love to us but never makes a sacrifice for us, we doubt that. Children, children will doubt if you love them, if you don't make a sacrifice for them. Your spouse will doubt you if you don't try to change yourself after many times that they've said, you know what, I'm tired of you being so rude. I'm tired of you being drunk. I'm tired of you being this and that. Can you please change because he said, because if you love me, you will change. Because if you love me, dad, you will stay. If you love me, mom, you will stay. You know, it, it, because there, there's a, our love is challenged. Our love is challenged. Love for each other is always challenged. Being in a relationship with someone is always going to be challenged. And that profession of love will be challenged moment after moment. Because you're not in a relationship if, if a person doesn't disagree with you. You're not in a good relationship. Good relationships always disagree, right? Do you want a God to be in a relationship with God? God will tell you. The Bible will tell you. God will tell you through the Bible. God will tell you through God's people that you're doing something wrong. And that's just fine because that's what it means to be in a relationship with God, Right? And it's the same thing with our, with our spouse. Our spouse will be the first one to tell us the hardest thing for anyone to tell us. Maybe others won't tell us the truth because they, you know, they don't know us that way. But our spouse will be the ones to tell us the harshest thing, the worst thing about us. And if it's, it's just fine. Being in a relationship, I'm thinking we're probably all going through this right now because we're being quarantined, right? The worst thing, and, and, and there's arguments that's, that's popping up there, 
but it's just fine because you're in a relationship with them. And if you love them, and if they love you, you should be able to tell them what you really mean or what you really want from them to change and to improve your relationship. And they should be willing and you should be willing to change, to improve your relationship with them. And same with God. But here, God did not even wait for us to change. God did not even wait for us to change before He died on the cross for us, before He gave up His life for us. He did not say, Joe, you better change. And then, then and only then will I give up my life for you. No. Jesus died on the cross way before way before I was in here on earth. Christ offered himself for us way before we even thought about him, way before we even thought about being with him. He died while we were his enemies. So last point, it is finished. It is finished. Not the, not the message just yet, but the, the work the work for us, for anyone that will surrender their lives to Jesus, it is finished. There is no more work to be done. Here is in the account of John, chapter 19, verse 28 to 30, the death of Jesus. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture will be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When, they had, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. If you think about this, if you think about this on real time, the God of the universe... He was offered a very cheap drink. So this is this is a drink for the poor people. This is like if you would read the Bible and, and go to the commentary site and study it, you will see that that's one of the cheapest drinks for the poor people. And just Jesus did that just to fulfill the scriptures. Jesus' response during the crucifixion, on the way to the cross, and everything else. His entire life was a fulfillment of the scriptures, of everything in the scriptures, everything that is written down in the Old Testament for us, from Isaiah to the Psalms, everything, Deuteronomy. When, when Jesus was, was being tempted by the devil in the desert, by Satan in the desert, he quoted verses. Up to the last point, Jesus was fulfilling the scriptures. My point is this. If you say you like Jesus, but you don't believe everything that's written down in the Bible, you just said that you are not a believer. Because you cannot pick and choose from the Bible on what you will follow and what you will believe. Because then, if you do that, you have a different Jesus. Because our Jesus, the Jesus that died on the cross, believed and fulfilled Everything that's in the Bible, everything. If if you're exercise, if you love Jesus, but but your lifestyle is is different, your 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 um lifestyle is 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 I, I might as well say it if if you're if you're gay, right? If you're gay, um, but you say you love Jesus, then I hope that you know that you're violating that scripture that word of God, that command from God. If you are saying you love Jesus, but you're cheating on your spouse, then I hope that you know that even if you don't like that command, I hope that you know that the Jesus, the real Jesus, will really tell you that's not it. You can't be doing that. If we are in a relationship with God, if we are in a relationship with Jesus, we must take everything that He has said. And what is that? That's on the Bible. That's in the Bible. That's in the Word. Now, I, I'm hoping that that since we're all locked down and we're we're being quarantined, 
I'm hoping that you're just not all just watching Netflix uh, series, right? Binges on, on your next Netflix series uh, or, or Amazon or whatever, Hulu, whatever platform you're using. I hope you're just not watching TV or, or, or movies or shows. I hope that you're getting, you're, you're, you're using this time to read your Bible. I'm, I'm hoping that you've graduated too from your Our Daily Bread. As much as I still read Our Daily Bread, Our Daily Bread is a, probably a two-minute read. A two-minute read. I'm hoping you're spending a lot of time with God. Other than prayer, is that you're reading His Word and trying to understand those what you've been reading and meditating on it and asking God, Lord, can you please reveal to me what I've just read? Because even if you do not agree on what's written down, if you believe in God and if you believe in Jesus that died, that He died on the cross, you must believe everything else that's written down on the Bible. You must believe everything else there. All right, I still have time, huh? All right. Last. Last point is 1 Peter 3.18. John, John, are, are we ready with the... With the with a video. Okay, I think we'll read the we'll, we'll do the video first and then I'll get back to this verse, okay? Uh folks, I'm going to leave this mic which is connected to my phone. Um John, John can you also post can you also post the the YouTube link on the comment section for them? And if this is not clear, folks, I hope you will just uh, look it up on your own device too. But um, it will play here and hopefully the audio is clear.
Mic check. So, like I said before, if we hear a certain thing time and time again, over and over again, if we see people and spend time with them time and time again, we tend to have, because of our sinful nature, because of human nature, we take it for granted. It loses its impact. It loses its message. Sadly, I feel like sometimes I, I see that, when, when, especially with us believers, is because we, we've been a believer for a long time, we've been in a relationship with God for a long time, and we've been doing all the things that the Christian that we think must be doing, a believer of God must be doing, all of a sudden we think that for some odd reason, we, we probably think that we've earned our right to be in heaven, to be a child of God. That's the self-righteous. We tend to be self-righteous. Some of us who've been a believer for many years and we haven't been really surrendering our lives, our complete lives, our entire lives to God, and because we're, we're just saying, well, you know, Christ died for my sins, and so it's finished. He said it is finished, that there's nothing for me to do. That's also wrong. That's also wrong. In 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, to bring us to God, to bring you to God. So I'm speaking to the believer who's, who's, who's still living a sinful life, and you're saying, well, Christ already did it, and He loves me. How dare you reduce how dare you reduce God for your own selfish desires? How dare you, after finding out, after knowing, if you don't know it before, now you know it. If you've known it before, how shame on you even more. And what Christ, has, what Christ suffered on the cross, He suffered on the cross that we, that, so that we can be with God, so, not so we can spend our lives in our sin. Not so we can spend our lives in our selfish desires. He died for us so that we will be with God. And then hopefully, in turn, our hearts will turn to live our lives for God. Not for, for us to continue living a sinful life. Shame on us. Shame on us if we take that sacrifice that, Jesus, that, has, that He has done on the cross for granted. We take it for granted and we take it as a permission for us to continue to live a sinful life. Shame on us for the self-righteous ones. Shame on us to think that what we're doing is earning or still keeping our salvation. Because Christ, you're just saying that what he did on the cross is not enough. So you're adding to it. Shame on us when we do that. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. To bring you to God. He was put to death. Now, knowing the real impact from a medical person, other than the books that we've been reading about, the Bible, he was put to death in a very difficult way excruciating that word excruciate excruciating was derived from the cross because there was no other way to describe it he was put to death in the body he was put to death in the body folks i am again pleading with you um, that you will take this 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 time of isolation this time to be away from what you used to be busy with. Um, to be on your knees praying to God. To be reading your Bible, studying Him. To be looking for ways to study more about Him. About your faith. About Jesus. About His love for you. About His, His, His will for you. I'm, I'm afraid that some of us might be thinking, might be waiting. Oh, when is this coronavirus going to be taken away so I can be busy with my life again? So I could move on with my life again. And when we say that, nothing about that is about God. Nothing about that is about God. That's the saddest thing. The saddest thing for me will be this. 
is that if an un, number one for an unbeliever for an unbeliever to come out from this quarantine time from this pandemic to come out from this when when things are back to normal to just become normal a life without God and it will just be about again traveling about making money about other things rather than God that protected you from the pandemic from the virus now for the believer my fear is this that you are not using this this time of isolation this time of quarantine not studying him not spending time with him not obeying him in that manner and that you will come out from this pandemic again going about your lukewarm life in christ my hope and my prayer is that we are taking this this as an opportunity I know I said it the last time. It's an opportunity to share to the unbelieving friends and family that we, we that we have that has been given to us by God, and that we will use it and, and take that responsibility. But more importantly, now I'm saying is that I'm hoping that you, believer, my fellow believer, my brothers and my sisters in Christ, that you are using this time to continue to know who God is, to spend time with Him, to pray to Him, to read His Word, and to fall in love with Him. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank You for this time that You've given me, Lord God, and John John to be together physically, that You've given me and the church, Lord God, this technology that we're able to, to use for Your glory, and I pray, Father, that you are pleased with this. I pray for my brothers and my sisters, Lord God, who are in the safety of their homes. I pray, Father God, that you've spoken to them, that you've opened their hearts and minds. And I pray that they will yield to your leading. I pray, Father God, for protection for all of us from this pandemic. Lord, help us and keep us under your wings from this disaster, Lord God. Let this disaster pass us, Lord God. But at the same time, Father God, I pray that you will give all of us the wisdom, the wisdom to know what to do during this time, which is, Lord God, fall more in love with you, to spend more time with you, rather than what the world is offering us. But rather, Lord God, spend more time in the Word and in prayer. Father, I pray for healing for those who are sick. I pray for um, restoration for broken relationships that might be happening right now. Um, and Lord, I just pray that the hope, our hope, which is you, Father God, will continue to resonate in our hearts and our minds, that you are constantly in control of our lives, that no matter what happens during this time, Father, what we will never stop trusting you, because, Father, you are in full control of our lives. Father, we are grateful for your message. We are grateful for... Um, the Good Friday, uh, we're grateful for dying on the cross for us. I pray, Lord God, that we will not take that for granted. I pray, Lord God, that it will be real more than ever, Lord God, in our lives right now. The truth about you dying on the cross and what you've suffered, Lord God, I pray that it will bring love in our hearts, Lord God, bring love for you, that we will be more obedient to you, that we will be more, that our lives will be more for you. We thank you, Father. And again, Lord, I speak blessings and protection for my brothers and my sisters. Guide them, bless them, protect them. In Jesus' name we pray.